Alright Raiders, how you all doing? Hope you're keeping well. Have you had enough of Tinder or any other similar dating app? If so, it's time to check out our next guest. They're involved in an app which is completely new, innovative and you never know, you just might bag yourself a different kind of date. and welcome to this week's guest. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourself? Yes, hi. So I'm Stacey Williams. Uh, I'm the Business Development Director for Gander. So it's a, it's a world-first solution. It's an app that basically helps retailers advertise and market their, their reduced-to-clear food. Uh, and all the consumers that use the app can see it in real time. So it's a, you know, it's a real winner, not just for the retailer, but likewise uh, for, for customers as well. And so you guys, the app is based on the Isle of Man, is that right? That's right. So that's where it's founded. And uh, ultimately, Ashley, who was one of our founders, he he worked in London for quite some time um, back in the day. And, and basically, he was working at night. He'd go pick something up to eat from a local store. Um, and he was just staggered by how many reductions were available. Um, but also the, the amount of, you know, not enough customers in there to necessarily shop and purchase them. So after a while, um, he was thinking about creating a dating app. Uh, and <laughs> and, uh, I was actually yeah. thinking this is a man after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's like yellow stick of blind dates. <laughs> so, well, exactly. So, I mean, he was obviously starting to create this sort of, uh, you know, the equivalent of Tinder. And then literally as he was doing it, Tinder came out. So he sort of thought, right, back to the drawing board. <laughs> So, so then he went to his dad and he said, right, he said, I think the next best thing now is what can we do with this food waste? Because I think there's something to be had here. <laughs> so, so basically, I suppose you can think of it as a dating app for, you know, for, for yellow stickers at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, he sort of got together with, you know, some really good tech um, guys um, and, you know, worked through, right, how can we get this to work? Because... The important thing was not sort of changing anything for the, the, the store teams because like any retailer, they don't want to have more work created for them. So ultimately what we did is working with, uh, you know, some tech experts is integrate uh, into their systems. So, you know, as soon as they create that wonderful yellow label that we all love, and I certainly, uh, you know, buy them all the time, um, then that literally then surfaces that item straight onto the app in real time. And likewise, you know, we don't disappoint any consumers because as soon as it sells through the till, it will drop off the app. So, you know, it's really important with, you know, the integration with the system works really well. You know, it's tried and tested across hundreds of stores. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the consumer really knows what they're going to get as well. So, you know, they haven't got a wasted journey. They can see, you know, if they're shopping locally, what's available in their local store, as long as they're with Gander. Um, and yeah, it makes a huge difference. Once they swipe right, they that's <laughs> it. <laughs> swipe right or swipe left. <laughs> they pay for the food item via the app, do they? No, no, they, they don't actually. So basically, it's encouraging people to go into store because ultimately, you know, we talked to retailers and what they wanted at the time uh, was certainly, you know, to, to get customers into store because I think, you know, there's a you can buy an awful lot of things in apps. Um, you know, and then go click and collect, but then do you actually go and see the rest of the store? So it was about encouraging that complete user journey because, um, you know, they, they can see other products that they might need as well as, you know, uh, just buying the reduced to clear food. So can they reserve that item? 
they can't. But because it's in real time, you know, it has all the quantities that are available as well. So, you know, if there's 10 of the same, I don't know, let's say chicken fillets, bag of chicken fillets, so if there's 10 of those available, it's in real time. So as it starts to drop off, you know, you'll then get a notification to say if it's got dropped down to say two, well, you better get skates on to, to, to go and get that product. But you can add it to what your watch list. So that's the important thing. And if retailers ask us, you know what, we'd like to, you know, create a, a, the functionality that you can purchase it in the future, then that's something that we can do. I mean, what we have done is literally today, um, the first store has gone live. There's a, a platform, uh, which is an online platform for convenience stores called Snappy Shopper. Okay. Um, so, you know, you know uh, which basically we've integrated with Snappy Shopper. So now we're live and you can purchase reduced clear items through Snappy Shop on this one store. And we hope that will go across many more stores as we form that partnership with them. So I guess the sort of allure is then, you know, like normally if I was to go, yeah, to stick a shop in, I don't know what's going to be in the supermarket. I just take my chances and I turn up. But I suppose with Gander, I'd be able to see, all right, well, there's six cucumbers and there's these yogurts and juices and whatnot. And then I could sort of think, right, it's worth my while to pop into Exactly. And it's all, you know, it's all category led. So there's all the information as well. So at least, you know, you know, if you've got dietary concerns, you can check whether it's gluten free and so on. So it's giving you loads of real time information. And I think, you know, you can, you know, you could actually probably plan a meal for tonight by looking at it, which is, which is great. Um, So, you know, probably a little bit more inventive than sometimes (laughs) we, we normally are just doing the same old thing each night. Well, absolutely. But the barrier to me creating my meal tonight would be I've not been able to use Gander. Oh, I know. And don't tell me you're in London. Yeah. <laughs> Are you coming to London? We hope to be there soon. So, you know, but one, 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 one of the real sort of barriers to, to getting across, you know, the UK very quickly has been making sure that we integrate with um, the POS providers. And there are so many point of sale providers across the country. It's 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 unreal. <laughs> many retailers do use different systems. You know, we you know we are having really good discussions with a lot of the what I call the big retailers, the big box retailers that you know we will look at, you know, big household names. Um, and I'll be honest, some of the barriers to that has been technology because they're on you know what we call legacy systems. So getting that real-time information and that sale data through is crucial because, we, you know, with some of their systems, it could take up to 20 minutes for that to come through. So that is starting to change. Um, you know, they're moving to, you know, far more modern systems and cloud-based platform systems. So as a result, the reality is that, you know, watch this space, but hopefully you will see some big, uh, big household names uh, using Gandasu. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> and what's your relationship like with food Stacey? So I suppose I'm, I'm quite adventurous, to be honest, uh, with, with food. And I, you know, but I got I've got a, a lovely wife and, and, and three children, so you know, the, we we've all got our diverse tastes, shall we say? Um, and uh, in fact, well, nearly all of them are vegetarian, bar myself. So <laughs> so there's always that challenge, um, and sometimes I create some interesting concoctions that they're not terribly uh, <laughs> enamored by, shall we say. Um, but I suppose probably at one time, we probably used to shop on very much a weekly basis. 
Um, and I think those days are pretty much gone now. Um, you know, I, certainly as I speak as a family, and uh, I tend to shop most nights actually on the way home. Um, and whilst they, you know, once a week we might just get what I was called the staples and things that you know, washing up liquid and things like that. Um, then certainly from a fresh perspective, uh, you know, I do I do look at yellow labels. If I can if I can get a, a bargain, then absolutely I will. And, and you know, and you're doing a bit also by making sure you know it doesn't go to waste because you know it, it, the consequences are massive really um, for the planet. And so what do you think are the advantages then to sort of shopping near enough daily rather than weekly? I think you then only buy generally speaking what you need. You do create less waste. I mean you know our, our fridge is certainly not heaving with with food so there's less of that uh, that need to think, oh God, what's in the fridge now? What do I need to use up? So, um, you know, we tend to keep things to a minimum and, and you know, certainly produce by an honor, you know, we buy that on a regular basis. Where possible, you know, we try and shop locally as well. So, you know, if there's a, a good farmer's market um, or even, you know, local growers, then, you know, where possible, we, we, we do that as well. And how would you say your current relationship with food has differed from your past? Um, I would say that whereas we were probably fairly prescriptive and probably having the same, you know, the same meals probably this night and that night, quite traditional, I think the children have become a bit more adventurous. And I think because I sort of come home with, dare I say it, lots of yellow labels, um, then, um, you know, sometimes you can be a bit more adventurous and try things out that you wouldn't normally do. Because I think sometimes if, if you're paying full price for something, you sort of think, well, I'm not sure about that. But, you know, if you see it on a yellow label, you think, well, come on, let's give it a go. Let's give it a try. Uh, you know, and I think from a retailer's perspective, it's a good way for, for people to try things like that. And then, you know, they, if they really like it, they will pay full price for it in the future, especially with new products coming down the line. I, th I see that a lot, you know, lots of new lines. You know, I worked in retail for many years. And, uh, you know, when you're launching new lines, it, it's getting customer confidence in the line. And whilst you can have an introductory offer, which helps sometimes when it's reduced as well, that, that also helps encourage customers to, to then carry on and purchase it if they really enjoy it. I completely agree, especially being vegan and there's so many new uh, vegan products. And um, yeah. And yeah, and like you said, if I see something reduced, I think, oh, you know, well, I'll give that a go or I'll freeze that or I'll have it for lunch and, you know, far more willing to try it. Uh, yes. And I think certainly with plant-based products, I mean, that market is growing and growing. But, you know, I think there's still a, a you know, is there, a, you know, is consumer confidence as strong with trying at a full price at the top all the time? Probably not. So I think that's, you know, it does help if it's reduced, um, whether it's as an offer or, you know, as a yellow label. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it feels a bit cheeky to ask what you do well in terms of food waste. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I, 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 rather than be uh, talk about gadgets, I suppose on a personal level, I think what we I do quite well is is that I always make sure as a family that whatever's in the fridge we do, you know, I would say ninety five percent of the time use up in some shape or form, um, and I think you know it, it, it's really important to do that. You know, I sort of try to teach my children the value of food because you know there are a lot of people out there that. You know, even in this country, never mind across the globe, that you know are missing meals and going hungry. So it's just, 
you know, making them aware that they're very lucky that they, they don't have that, that problem. Um, and, you know, it, it's sort of sometimes it's just being a bit different or even just saying, look, you know, if we're not going to use it and we can freeze it, put it in the freezer, you know, making up sandwiches, you name it, whatever we can do, you know, we, we try and play a part because I can't be preaching <laughs> to the converted if I'm not doing it myself. Absolutely. And I guess it's so important, isn't it, that we lead by example, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. whether it's our children, whether it's our work colleagues, our yeah. partners. Yeah, and exactly. You know, and it's, you know, and I do, I play my part actually by sort of just, you know, occasionally I'll go out and talk in, in schools, local schools, um, not just talking about Gander and what we do, because I think it's good for them to hear about technology and how it can help. But, you know, just, you know, that sort of educational piece, I think, is crucial. Um, and, you know, uh, there was a great campaign recently by RAP uh, and we do, a, you know, we obviously support RAP and work with RAP, um, you know, and I think the win it, you know, don't bin it campaign, uh, great campaign. Uh, and I hope it's that message is really starting to get out there. Um, but, you know, we all play our part in, you know, cascading that. And so it might be a bit chicken egg, but do you, like, would you say then it was your interest in sort of reducing food waste that drew you to Gander, or do you think sort of working through Gander made you more committed to reducing food waste? I, I, to be honest, I think it's both, um, because I mean, I worked in food retail for 15, 16 years before, before joining Gander. Um, and obviously when you're working in food retail, you know, I was involved with an awful lot of initiatives from redistribution, you know, making sure local charities, food banks, um, you know, where possible, they have that food uh, from, from, you know, the retailers I work with. Um, but there is still quite a lot that unfortunately will then still end up in some form of anaerobic digestion, um, you know, and, and other alternatives to, to, to use it up. Um, and I, you know, I generally felt that if you could really market that to a much wider audience, uh, what a game changer that could be. And that you know, was going back some years ago. Uh, but of course, as technologies increased, that, you know, then, you know, when I sort of got to know the, the team at Gander, that's one of the reasons I thought actually this can really make a difference um, if, if people really embrace it. You know, I mean, just got to look at Too Good to Go and see how successful that concept has been. Um, you know, and I think that's got a great place in hospitality. It works extremely well. Um, you know, you can get a bag of, you know, items. Um, but they, I suppose my only frustration is sometimes you don't know <laughs> what you're going to get. Um, and I think, you know, if you're working to a budget, um, then, you know, and things are tight, then clearly you know, you've got to make that money work for you. Yeah, absolutely. You must have some horror stories from your years in retail. <laughs> I do, but I, I'll probably be careful not to say too much on that. <laughs> I've got lots of positive stories as well. Uh, I, you know, generally, I, I think retailers do, you know, want to do the best uh, and try to reduce it as much, you know, because it's a cost line at the end of the day. Um, and it, you know, enables them to invest back in price, which I think at this time is crucial. Yeah, so I guess there almost has to be find approach between sort of retailers and consumers because it feels so tricky because I guess sort of you know it feels like there's um overproduction so it feels like yeah. we have you know we have too much food and I guess part of that is um retailers wanting to give you you know massive voice lots of variety um yeah. you know 
we have all, you know, I don't know, we have so many differing needs now. Um, you know, and I guess because there is so much choice as consumers we're going to buy, you know, we live in a capitalist society. Um, yeah, I don't know, it feels like a bit of a catch-22 because ultimately I sort of feel like if we had less, we would just do with less. Yeah, I, I think that I think that, that sentiment is probably correct because I think, you know, it's like anything lately, you know, we weren't able to buy tomatoes, but we were able to buy cucumbers, you name it, because of the, the weather that was going on and the conditions certainly in sort of Spain and, and, and those countries that we're, we're importing from. Um, and we may do at the time with what was on offer. Um, but, you know, I think it's like anything, choice has become a, a, a big thing. And I think, you know, retailers try to get it right as, as much as possible with, with forecasting. But sometimes, you know, you are dependent on the weather and events and, you know, things retailers can, you know, one big example is a lot of retailers, certainly in the convenience sector, have been quite significantly affected by the train strike strikes recently. So again, it's then trying to forecast because if you've got footfall coming in, you know, lots of people coming in and then suddenly nothing coming in in those areas, it's a massive effect and the systems find it hard, very hard. You know, you've got to really sort of be involved, you know, sort of trying to sort of reduce the amount of stock coming in. But it, it, it's, it's, it is very hard to plan in those circumstances. And so is there anything that you would want to do more of in terms of reducing food waste, whether that's on a personal level, um, from a business perspective? I think there's still more that we can do from, from an educational point. Um, you know, I think, you know, how, how, you know, trying to build it into the school curriculum, I think, could, you know, be really important for the future. Um, because it's not something that is, you know, necessarily talked about in any great detail. Um, and I think, you know, certainly, you know, as early as possible, I think would make a difference with that. And there's some schools that take that on their own, you know, off their own bat as such. But I think certainly, you know, policy could help with that and just an awareness of, you know, how to manage budgets and, you know, create good meals and and use everything that, you know, that, 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 you, that you purchase. Um, I think, you know, certainly from a technology point of view, you know, we're, we're always very good to you know, say, look, we're not the only solution to help with food waste, far from it. Um, and I think, you know, we work with lots of partners uh, that are, are within that sphere. Um, so some of those partners are looking at the sort of AI side of things and coming up with algorithms to, to get the best possible price. Uh, but then also helping retailers sort of reduce the amount of hours they have to, to do checking the waste physically checking it so you know there are systems out there that can literally help um you know them say right well certain categories will only need to check every three to four days um and therefore by building in that systems and knowing what stock there is you know that sort of creates efficiencies for the retailers so you know i think ultimately um you know as many sort of strands coming together whether it be government you know retailers across you know big big small uh, big and you know large and small um i think everybody needs to work collectively together and and probably share best practice as well because i think you know i don't think it's about you know trying to keep it all in house or you know we've got a great thing going actually well if you've got a great thing going share it with everybody else because actually we're, we're, we're all working to one common goal yeah absolutely and you mentioned doing the talks in schools how that go down like how's that received 
Yeah, it was really good, actually. I mean, I, I sort of went in, uh, it was more on a um, careers basis of, you know, um, I suppose year 9, 10, 11 and 12, really, understanding what, what's out there and what different things they, they can look at. Um, so I sort of went in with my old retail hat on and, you know, what I do now, um, and obviously talking about food waste. So actually it's really positive and it actually they you know they're very keen but i think it surprised me how they hadn't heard of you know even people like two could go so you almost think you know how are we sort of you know as a company you know, myself and and big you know you know sort of relatively well-known brand as two could go how are we sort of getting that across um you know to as many people as possible um of you know how they can you know help themselves really in the future um, and, and I suppose just a real understanding of, you know, the consequences of food waste and that, you know, at the end of the day, food waste does a cause, you know, eight to 10 percent of the emissions for the world. So actually, if we do really get after this problem. I think there's a massive focus on plastic, which is absolutely right. Um, but food waste actually is, is a huge contributor to, you know, what we're seeing, you know, with, with, with what's happening with our planet and I think you know now is the time to really sort of get after it. And I guess there can be such a disconnect because I'm thinking you know growing up I was a really fussy eater and you know so if I didn't like something I just wasn't eating it and I never would make this you know sort of connection around well you know no. be wasted or the effects of it being wasted you know it's very sort of immediate I don't want it I don't like it I'm not having it. Um, like actually a work friend told me a story recently of um you know and throughout the day they'd like you know come in the house get a drink you know have something to eat leave something you know and all of these remnants of food waste being left by the end of the day when they said to their dad what's for dinner he showed them this like plate and cup of everything that been um everything that he'd wasted throughout the day you know and was like well you know you have to sit here and eat this and um yeah, I mean that feels a little extreme but it does make you know I think there is something about the idea of seeing uh visually because I think you know I think we can all sort of flip through life like that without really thinking and it's just dump this here or get rid of this there until you sort of see it add up whether that's the cost of it you know mm. The amount of food waste, um, the sort of connection with somebody else going without. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it, sort of one thing that sort of we, we've sort of done to sort of bring it to life is sort of um, modelling what the CO2 emissions looks like in food waste terms. So there was, um, we basically looked at what, you know, 520,000 tonnes of food waste would look like. Um, and ultimately, if you put that as a block of CO2, then basically that would cover London. Well, I think it's really helpful to have those visuals because I yeah. think feel a bit abstract. You yeah, know? and it's very hard to understand it. So, you know, putting it, you know, when you actually then put it as an image and say, well, actually, this great big <laughs> lump or block is going to drop on the whole of London, that's, that's, that's the adverse effect. And then it's, you know, I think the, the cogs and start to whir a little bit and to turn and uh, I think they, they generally start to see it because they certainly when I put that slide up they were like wow that really was the effect. And I have to say I mean it's a slightly different visual but I do like the picture of the goose on uh, ah. 
<laughs> on the app. So what, <laughs> what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 uh, he's known as Bruce the Goose in the office. <laughs> so yeah, quite right for Bruce. And every everybody smiles when they see him. I must admit, I haven't yet dressed up as Bruce the Goose yet, though. But what? <laughs> watch this face. <laughs> we all need a Bruce the Goose. Oh, indeed. Yeah. No, I mean that, that's the thing. We try to make it fun and, and inviting, and I think you know. I think that's where, as an app, we we try to make it as colourful as possible, and you know, because I think it's about elevating this food. Because you know, sometimes I think in years gone by, there was a perception that if it was reduced, it was poor in quality, it wasn't great. And I think, thankfully, that has changed. I, I don't I don't see that anymore. Um, and I think generally, you know, if 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 consumers can see what what is available, and there is. You know, Hundreds of millions of these items available every year, and I mean hundreds of millions. Uh, wouldn't it be great if that could all be, be, be you know, generally sold? Um, because I think the knock-on effect is it, you know, it would help the retail and cost perspective, and 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 you know, and that can be invested back into the, you know, the, the pricing of full-price products as well. So really, it'd be a win-win. Yes. And lastly, Stacey, what change would you like to see in the world? I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I think the, the frightening thing is that we waste so much food, but there's, you know, millions of people going hungry. So actually, you know, we do do a good work, you know, in this country and other countries on redistribution, but it, it's not the it's not the number one answer. And I think there's a lot of people that are trapped in that place where they're perhaps, you know, they can't access that redistribution because they're not entitled to it. So, you know, so again, it's just, you know, what solutions are, are out there, you know, to, to help them find out what is available that they can use. Um, and I think reporting is also important because an ESG statements for, for all these, you know, companies across the world, you know, it's what sits behind those ESG statements. Is it, is it really, truly being backed up? Um, because, you know, we can all talk a good talk, but it's action that's going to make the difference. So I think it's it's very much about um, you know actually investing in technology will help um, you know investing in education. And I think you know as we talked about earlier, it's bring bring all these various parties together, um, which you know in, you know organisations like RAP are doing a really good job on that. Um, but it's how we can just really pick up the pace and you know make things happen quicker. And I guess that's also one of the other good things about Gander is the, um, there is an element of tracking there because you're able to say you know there were seven bags of potatoes going spare, um, this wasn't sold, this did go. Yeah, um, yeah I mean certainly we we can help retailers in that sense with transparency. Because you know they're not trying to hide anything; they're being really honest and trying to you know advertise it to the customer. Um, and yeah, we track every barcode <coughs> that's ever been created and 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 fed to to our site. So you know we can give them really good reporting in the sense of right, you know, out of the hundred items yesterday, you successfully sold ninety-five of those. Five went to you know didn't necessarily go to waste because um, again we've got an automatic tool. 
communication tool. So any of these redistribution charities, organisations, you know, we can send that information then to those parties and then they know what to come and collect as well. So again, it's just creating an efficiency for those ret retailers. So, you know, so that we can say, right, 100% we've, we've, we've dealt with it. And for those people that have not heard of Gander, where's the best place to find you guys? So at the moment, we're live across um, Northern Ireland. So that's uh, the greatest uh, amount of stores. So, you know, Henderson's who run Spa Northern Ireland um, were great at supporting Gander and, and, and taking that leap of faith, really, back in the day uh, when they launched right at the end of 2019. So just as COVID, you know, lockdown was was starting to, to, to you know, make hay, unfortunately. But, you know, it's been really good for them. Um, so, you know, there's nearly what, 320 stores within in that part of the world. Um, we're live now in well over 600 stores and uh, ultimately sort of central England, South Wales, just launched in Scotland, uh, Sussex uh, and the sort of some parts of the South Counties, um, uh, northwest of England. So yeah, we, you know, we've got pockets now starting springing up everywhere. Um, but you know, we're not just UK centric. So it, we're, we're about to go live uh, within the next sort of month or so in Australia as well. We've got a great team working over there who've been working really hard. Um, and uh, so we hope to see you know hundreds more stores coming on in that part of the world, um, and likewise in the UK. So you know, as as we keep doing all these integrations, we then have that opportunity to, to come to a far wider audience. And sort of digitally, is the best place to find you guys using the app? Yes, yeah, I mean, or you, you can come to our website as well, so which is www.ganda.co, not .co.uk, .co. Um, and uh, you can find out more about us there. But likewise, if you download the app, you can contact us in the app as well. Um, and what you know, we have updated the app recently now, so you can actually search by location uh, as well as store. And Australia is on my bucket list, so I might take myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. You might you might actually get to shop it in Australia before London. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully that won't be the case. But uh, you know, we, there's lots of great retailers in London. Uh, you know, we, we we do hope to be there very soon. It's it's always the first question: Why didn't you launch in London first? And I said, well. We, we didn't have any sort of retailers with the right, uh, you know, integrations in, in, in that part of the world. Us Londoners not used to this. We're like, what do you mean there's stuff happening outside of London? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's always good to show that actually some of the great things come from other parts as well. <laughs> you know what? Sussex is pretty nice if I don't make it to Australia. <laughs> yeah, there's some good stores down there, definitely. Oh, amazing, Stacey. It's been really lovely chatting to you and having you on. No, and likewise yourself. It's been good to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. All right, Raiders. Whilst I work out whether I'm relocating to Sussex or Australia, let me know. Have you guys heard of Gander before? Are you going to try it? Does it operate in your area? How did you find it? I'd love to hear from you. And whilst you're at it, if you could take a moment to please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, it'd make all the difference and would really help great episodes like this and ones prior to this. Thanks so much, Raiders. Until next time, 